In the light of what happened this past week, my heart fully goes out to the Bryant family, the Altabelli family, the Chester family, Mosser family, and the Zubayan family. Please join me in a moment of silence to respect the lives that we have lost. Thank you. For those affected by this tragedy, I was affected too. But let's not be afraid to talk to someone. Let's not allow ourselves to go in a place of hopelessness. Grief is something. And it takes time. I know, it really does. And... If we allow ourselves to heal, it may not make it easier, but it will help us bear from day to day. Our understanding of grieving in a healthy way will start to become clearer. And is also connected to our self-care. We have to understand that self-care is the best care. And I thank all of you for joining in the moment of silence with me. On a lighter note, I want to talk about another form of self-care. I want to get down and dirty, okay? I have a friend who is a sex educator and... You can find all her information in the show notes. So let's open our minds and let our conscience free. Hey, y'all. I am super excited to have you guys join in on the show. We have a very special guest and I would love for Tari, and I'm the only one that can call her that because I'm her <laughs> friend, to introduce herself. Go ahead, Tari. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rain Being the Queen. Much appreciated. So my name is Sloan. <laughs> I go by my last name. My full name is Nefertari Sloan. I'm a non-binary sex educator of color who uh, prefers they, them pronouns, but she and her are absolutely acceptable. Um, I have been doing this work for about four years now, um, and I started getting into LGBTQ advocacy in like undergrad when I was at Temple University. So I initially got into this work because um, I wanted to get my foot in the door with teaching and uh, wanted to ultimately do Black history because once I got to college, I saw that there was so much information that we were not getting access to in our younger years that I just wanted to be able to bring to young people in their development and recognize um, some of the ways that the government kind of controls and operates and influences our lives from a day-to-day basis. So I, I thought that doing sex ed would be a really good way to get my foot in the door, like in classrooms. And I realized that even on a larger scale, there is just so much more additional information that has not been discovered around sexuality, around sex, around gender, around how we see ourselves and our personal development. So my journey has just been very piecemeal all over the place I'm learning everything that I can from a ton of different places and just trying to package that in a way that's really accessible and inclusive of all identities yes like I 
appreciate the sex education that is done now. I mean, that I'm actually learning now as an adult. Mm -hmm. And so all the stuff that I learned in school, it's not even touching the basics, really. Like, it's not even scratching the surface. It was kind of like, okay, I'm watching this person put a condom on a banana. (laughs) And when was the last time you had sex with a banana? You know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, all this stuff that I'm learning now is amazing. It's opening my mind to so many different things. And one thing I know as a teenager, and I know you speak to a lot of teens, mm-hmm. right? I want to talk about like consent because that's something that they didn't talk about in school. They didn't talk about the verbal cues or the nonverbal cues to saying yes or no, mm-hmm. you know? And um, my experience with losing my virginity, I was 17 and I had a boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, right before the act, I let him know that I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue. And he's like inching in while he's saying, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And so because he was my boyfriend. I felt obligated to go ahead and continue. And so I'm sure that a lot of people might share that same story. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that was my boyfriend. So I felt the pressure to go ahead and continue. But no matter, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's no reason to continue, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So another important thing that like a lot of people don't think about when we're talking about consent, because you mentioned the nonverbal and the verbal cues, amazing, picking up on what's out here. Um, But I think that it's also very important for people to recognize that consent is like fluid. A lot of the times we think about consent like a yes or a no, like I need a red light or a, a green light, you know what I mean? And it's not a light switch that you can flip on and off. I consider consent to be a little bit more like synchronized swimming I've heard it described as a dance like it's about working together and figuring out throughout the whole time whether or not the person is comfortable with what's going on Planned Parenthood popularized a uh what was it acrostic around consent called fries I don't know if you're familiar with it but um they have the f and it stands for freely given so that means that like it needs to be willing if it's not willing then it's not consensual it's also reversible so you can change your mind at any time um it needs to be informed so the person needs to know like what they're agreeing to and to what extent it needs to be enthusiastic because I mean if you're not really sure about something then I would not consider that a yes you know what I mean I think that it's important for us to recognize like in developing our relationships and getting to know each other that people can explore new things that maybe they haven't tried before but like if you don't feel comfortable and if you're not in a space to like really feel good and experience pleasure then it's not going to be a a situation that I think is worth it for you so um, the last one the S stands for specific so that means that people need to know exactly what it is that they're agreeing to for how long to what extent and I think that like having interactions where people get to talk out their desires and talk about what they like and what they don't like and and have safe words to like be able to respect each other is a really really important factor as well I totally agree I totally agree and I feel like our young people definitely need to know that they can you know be safe you know and not 
put themselves in a position to, you know, be like I was, you know, and mm-hmm. um and not and not carry guilt. Yeah. Because I guilt after that like I didn't really want to now I'm like oh you know well I did it you know what I'm saying when I felt like I wasn't mentally ready for that mm-hmm. and so I appreciate you breaking down you know the steps of consent mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and I think you made a really good point about safety something that I talk about um, when I share some of my tantra notes with folks is that the way that our nervous system operates is ultimately like we need to feel safe before we do anything you know otherwise the body is going to feel traumatized trauma comes from our body experiencing too much in our systems at the same time so uh, a good example that I could give is like if you ever see like a cat you know when you come up to a cat they might be shaking or freaking out you know it looks like they don't really want to be touched it's because they don't necessarily feel safe they don't know you they don't know what energy you're bringing around them you can see that in an animalistic way but like a lot of the times humans kind of forget like we're mammals you know what I mean we're living beings we have spirits we have operating systems as well and sometimes our need for human connection forces us to override safety and bond with people who are not safe so before you get close to someone before you contact someone before you bond with someone you need to make sure that you feel comfortable with them otherwise you end up in situations where people might have Stockholm syndrome or um, stay in un Uh, abusive or unhealthy or toxic relationships because they have a spiritual connection with someone or they might have a physical connection with someone and not recognize the damage that might be getting done to their psychological. You know what? I am so glad that you brought up spiritual connection Mm. because some people don't necessarily believe that. And some people will back it by, you know, scientific methods. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not proven by science, it's not true. Which, what are your thoughts on, you know, spiritual exchange through physical connection, physical, you know, exchanges? I am a firm believer that, like, we are energy before we are anything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think, like, Mm -hmm. if people want to talk about science, then, like, ultimately what's been discovered in science is that everything is comprised of atomic particles. You know what I mean? We are all made up of cells on very smaller levels. Like, our organs have functions the same way that, like, we have functions on this earth, like, as cells of the planet you know what I mean so like the way that I like to think about it is recognizing that when you come in contact with another person there's layers you know what I mean we have our subconscious we have our ego we have our identity that's the outside you know what I mean we also have our souls and like that's a spirit for some people that might look like religions that some people that might look like something more organized or faith-based but the reality is like we are surrounded by forces that we can't not that we can't necessarily see. I saw a statistic that said that 4% of everything in existence in the world, in the universe that we have is atomic matter. So that means 4% of everything that exists is stuff that we can touch, stuff that we can feel, stuff that we can taste. You know what I mean? Um, Hard, you know, tapping on a, a glass, you know what I mean? Seeing what something is. 
And the other 96% of that, like, nobody knows. Like, the reality <laughs> is, it's like, there is so much more out here. There is so much more that's happening that people just aren't really conscious of um, that I encourage them to wake up and be more mindful about. But when you're connecting with somebody's soul, you're connecting with a different level of them. You're connecting with a different layer of them. And they can take, and you can take on energy from another person. So I think that it's important to be mindful of who we're having sexual experiences with who we're exchanging energy with. Um, and a lot of the times, like sex education, as we know it, is not very um, supportive of this perspective. You know what I mean? A lot of the times sex education is talking about how uh, you need to not have sex or you need to be abstinent because you don't want to get pregnant or because you don't want to get an STI. Pregnancy happens. That's a reality of life. People have babies all the time. This is how we continue to function as a society and popularize ourselves. But STIs also happen. They are a human part of life. If you are a human being and you come in contact with other human beings, just be prepared for that to be an inevitable thing. There are different types of STIs. There's bacterial, parasitic, and viral, and some of them can come and they can go. But the reality is, like, if we're looking at it from a perspective of, like, I'm trying to preserve my energy, like, I'm trying to uh, mm -hmm. redirect my intention, and I'm trying to make sure that, like, I'm being uh, mindful about the outcomes that I would like, you know what I mean? Instead of trying to shame people because there's nothing wrong with getting pregnant. There's nothing wrong with having an STI. Like, I think that there is something wrong, you know, with giving a part of yourself to someone who doesn't respect it and who doesn't value it and you're not getting something back from. I think that people need to be having beneficial, mutually beneficial exchanges with each other and making sure that they're getting something out of their connections. I encourage, do whatever you want. It's your body, you know, but like, just be mindful of like who you're giving access to it. Because I, I agree that the body is a temple, but it's a different kind of temple for me. You know, like that's, that's just my spiritual practice and perspective. Preach, honey. Mm -hmm. Preach. You got me going. You got me girl. Going. Even what's in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was an off the uh, rip question, anyway. Mm -hmm. And I am so in agreement with you because it is so true. Like I've had an episode talking about uh, my experience with using yoni pearls. Mm -hmm. And how I had to detox my ex-lovers mm -hmm. from my system because it carried with me. And some people believe, well, I'm not even going to talk for nobody else but myself. Mm -hmm. I believe the spirits that I carried from my exes were still with me. Mm -hmm. And I needed to get rid of that because it didn't help. It was a process of healing that I just didn't touch, you know? Mm -hmm. And that part was very important for me to be in a different place and space. Mm -hmm. So I changed my environment, but you could still carry the old things with you, even in a new space. Mm -hmm. And it may not even make you comfortable in your own new space. It's like unfinished business, basically. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that for real, for real, like we are in an age where, like I have mentioned before, I think that the sexuality field is very underdeveloped. I think that people don't think about the fact that like America as a nation is like one of the youngest countries in the world. You know what I mean? We don't have 
uh, policies that are regulating this information so that people are getting it easily accessible to them. And we've been lied to, you know what I mean? Like we have had information that was intentionally hidden from us so that we don't have access to our power so that we're being controlled. So I think that trauma is a part of that. I think that the mental health field is doing a lot of discoveries around that. But like, if we're not giving our bodies the opportunity to process everything that it's going through, then we carry it with us. So like, like you said, with that relationship, you know, if you hadn't processed that relationship, if you didn't process that person, if you didn't process that energy and like adequately untie with grace, then like your body is going to have a response to that. And like your energy and your spirit is going to be affected by it. Yes, 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 it will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And speaking of what you know, we've been lied to about or information that has been um, misinformed. I want to talk about the vaginal anatomy Mm, and mm. what's what. Excellent segue. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I would love for you to share that. First and foremost, (laughs) let's talk about how uh, virginity itself is a social construct. I think that something that I a lot of us focus on is like uh, female virginity and the idea that like women need to be chased or women need to be um, virgins in order to be valuable in today's society and a lot of the times this gets judged based off of whether or not someone's hymen is intact. The hymen is a mucosal layer that's over the outside of the vagina, the entrance of the vagina um, that can become unintact or unloosed or are broken by a variety of different activities like you can break your hymen riding a bike or riding a horse or you know um inserting a tampon there's a bunch of different ways that this mucosal layer can be um disturbed and not everyone has the same level of spongy layer that's outside of their vagina so um an important thing to know also is that uh, the vagina refers specifically just to that hole, just that tube, just that sleeve. And a lot of the times people refer to everything on the outside as a vagina, but the actual name for that is called the vulva. We don't have a name for the comparator to that for the penis because the penis is homologous with the clitoris. The clitoris, um, which was uh, discovered fully in its entirety in 1988, we're very late, is a small mound of skin that's about the size of a pea. And when it's touched and rubbed, a female's body feels good. Its only purpose is pleasure. Its reproductive purpose is to feel good. It has over 8,000 nerve endings. This is twice as many as the head of a penis. Um, And it's really, really um, there to feel good. A lot of the times people cannot reach uh, what we categorize or understand as orgasm or climax unless the clitoris is stimulated. So it's important to also give lots of attention to the clitoris if you're engaging in sex that it's insertive that's totally fine some people get off on that um but even um a vaginal orgasm is an extension of the clitoris inside of our bodies what you can see on the outside is the head of the clitoris the same way that you can see the head of a penis they're essentially the same organ with different functions um in different sizes so just like we have different sized noses we have different sized elbows we have different sized genitals and i think that the variety of vulvas and that variety that your lips your labia uh the outer and inner labia can vary in size as well 
Um, they're similar to the scrotum. And it's important to understand that if you have a lot of meat down there or if you have a lot of skin or you have a, a larger inner labia uh, than outer labia, that does not mean that you're loose. That does not mean anything is wrong with you. That just means that you have a variety of diversity in your genitalia. And I think that vulva diversity um, is really, really important in normalizing the the different ways that we can look and the different ways that we can be. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Vulva Gallery. It's on Instagram. They have amazing artwork that they put together, which is a whole different slew of different body parts that can exist out there. Yes, yes. I am very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, understand and identify and I would say connect with other women because I do see with my own eyes Mm -hmm. all kinds of vaginal, you know, anatomy Mm -hmm. with the work that I do as a full body waxer. Mm -hmm. Doing Brazilians, um, I have people ask me questions like, is my vagina normal? Mm. Like, does it look normal? Mm -hmm. And I said, if it's yours, it's normal enough. Yes. You know, like it's, it's yours, right. It's your, it's everybody is different, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I even had people like ask me questions about bleaching Mm. their butthole. And I'm just like, is it really that deep though? White supremacy. It's just creeping its way into everybody's little crevices. That's that's what's happening. You know what I mean? Like white supremacy will creep into the tiniest crevices that exist that we have. So it seems like people out here making it to their anal cavities. I love that you talked about um, people being normal though, because the reality is like everybody is normal and nobody is normal. Like everyone is different. Mm -hmm. We all have diversity you know what I mean we all have different parts of our identity we all have different parts of our bodies we all have different fantasies and desires and interests and and things that 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 pique us and 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 make us feel good you know what I mean so I, I think that eliminating shame is like a really big priority of mine because I hate the fact that people feel bad about themselves when like how you exist is perfect. You know what I mean? How you were born is 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 just the way that 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 you were meant to be. You know what I mean? And if you don't like something, you have the ability to change that to what feels good for you. You know what I mean? But ultimately comparing ourselves to other people and 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 living in this mindset that I always have to be like someone else is, is what's gonna be weighing us down. Yes, I totally agree. Um because the we live in a society where everyone's talking about what they feel, what they think, and not really empathizing or sympathizing with the people that they're expressing their feelings to. Mm-hmm. And the word normal is like your no- normal is your normal normal, mm-hmm. and it's hard for people to try to like it's hard for people to help people understand what their normal normal is mm-hmm. and that's the hard part and a lot of people fear what they don't understand yeah absolutely and right. so they project these negative energies thoughts instead of just saying you know what let me be open to what they're saying what they're feeling because I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know I really don't but let me just you know, if you don't have nothing nice to say, as the, our mothers would tell us, or our mm-hmm. fathers would tell us, or grandmom, don't say nothing at all. But we don't we don't come from a society 
like that anymore. Everybody has to project what they're thinking and saying. I mean, it starts with the head. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, the leader of this country gets to say whatever he wants to say mm-hmm. with no regard. But we, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a whole nother conversation. And I am going to just move on to this next question because we about to go, we about to go six feet deep into Ooh. this. But we're gonna keep it, we're gonna keep it copacetic. We're gonna All keep right. it copacetic. All right, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this next question is pertaining to faking orgasms. Now I've done it. I ain't gonna lie. I've okay. Have you? <laughs> Have I ever faked an orgasm? Okay. Yeah. So, you know what's so funny? I think. <laughs> It's so interesting, like how we even describe and define orgasm. Like right. the the variety of ways that people talk about achieving orgasm, what an orgasm feels like, varies so much from person to person that like my first 25 years of life, like I was having sex, you know what I mean? And and not realizing I was not having orgasms because I was enjoying the sex I was having. You know what I mean? Like I had never um, experienced having an orgasm with another person until, what was it? I, I was like, what, 25? You know what I mean? So it, it, it was late in the game. I had already I had already thought that I had figured out what, what I liked about sex and like what I enjoyed and like what, what I was down for. And like, this just like leveled me up. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I was yes. faked an orgasm, but I have absolutely made somebody feel like they have made me feel a lot better than they actually do. You know what I mean? So like, I, I will say I'm guilty of like, giving the hype you know and like trying to like stroke to my ego a little bit more than like I ended up getting stroked in return so I would encourage people to vocalize what they need what they like it's not worth missing out on for real for real um and recognize like the areas that we might need to like maybe reel it back some so I I don't know if you uh are familiar like sometimes uh, when you're having sex with somebody and they're like, oh, I can feel it in my stomach. Like, that's just anatomically not possible. You know what I mean? Like, the cervix is right at the top of the, vag- the, the vagina. You know what I mean? And you can't get past that three to five inches unless something's missing. So, ultimately, we, we, we got to be realistic about where certain things are going, how certain things are feeling, and and be brave to direct. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be in the moment because I'm also one of those people that like doesn't necessarily like to be very vocal and and direct during a sexual encounter. But like that doesn't mean like y'all can't have that conversation beforehand. There is really great resources out here like if then uh, consent lists where you can go through different behaviors you might like, different acts you might be into, whether or not you've done them before, if you have experience with them, if you'd be interested in doing them with a person, yes, no, maybe. Like there, there's, there's, there's tools. We got to use them. You know what I'm saying? You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that, um, you know, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, had spoke to, spoke on being communicative about mm-hmm what you like and what you don't like mm-hmm. instead of you know rolling over and being mad at the person because mm-hmm. you didn't get the pleasure that you desire it's mm-hmm. like uh, 
stand their ass you know what I'm saying but it's like don't be like like, don't be that person you got to get what you want you put all that work into it you sweating your hair out and you didn't get you know what I'm saying? It's same for dudes. Yeah, same for dudes. They might be like, yo, this girl is corny or this guy is corny or however. It's like, talk. Can we just talk? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get a little collet in there. Okay. And that's and that's all it takes. That's all it takes. But um, I want to dive in to the pleasure principles. In this portion of the episode, we had a slight technical difficulty, but let me fill you in. I opened the conversation about the G-spot and my experience with squirting. (laughs) Now, I know some people might not have this experience and some people may have. It's not the end all to be all in sex, but my first couple experiences with this sensation I clenched up and I did not allow myself to experience it until I told my partner, I feel like I'm going to pee. (laughs) I was scared. I didn't want to embarrass myself. And he's like, you know, turned off and messed up the whole experience. But because I said something to him, he allowed, you know, me to understand what was going on. He told me, release it. Like, go ahead, let it go. And so I was like happy that he empowered me and made me feel safe and comfortable enough to do that because everybody might might not be with that, you know? And so we're going to get a little bit into that in this next clip. So we start with the G spot. Um, the G spot, uh, small area, stands for the Grafenberg spot. Uh, very typical that it would get named after a man, um, as if you know men discovered, you know, body parts that always existed inside of people anyway. Um, of course. But it's located about an inch or so inside the vaginal opening on the upper vaginal wall, closest to the belly button. And the best way to stimulate the G spot is if you go ahead and you put two fingers in like more of like a come hither uh motion with your finger so like when you do like come here you know a little bit hey coochie coochie coo (laughs) that that is how you can stimulate the g-spot so a little tip for people out here trying to figure out how to make it feel good um as far as squirting i think that it's important to recognize that like not everybody's body is going to function or react the same way, but like squirting is a legitimate thing that, you know, as we can see, does occur for people's bodies, you know, and it's not going to be the exact same fluid as uh, urine. Like that's just the reality. Like urine has a specific color. It has a specific smell. Um, there is a canal that it comes through that's um, similar, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's not going to be the same. So I don't want people to think like when you see someone squirting that they're peeing, it's not the same. But also if people are peeing, you know, and like this is what you're comfortable with in sex, like let's also try and normalize that because the reality is like you had mentioned uh, with this partner, you know, like they told you to let go, you know what I mean? They gave you a space to feel comfortable and, and release, you know what I mean? And like ultimately like you would not have had that if you felt like you weren't 
um, able to express that part of yourself. Exactly. And I felt like with this partner, he was the only person that I felt was making me feel fully comfortable and sexy mm-hmm. to do it because I felt like, ew, what if I pee on this man and he would mm-hmm. not even, you know what I'm saying? Like, he probably think I'm disgusting and all that. And it was just like, it made the experience that much more better because mm-hmm. he was with it. Right. <laughs> he was That's what I'm with saying. It. You really never know. You never know. <laughs> but this is why I think it's so important to do those lists beforehand have those like clear guidelines beforehand because like I said everything ain't for everybody I'm one of those people I don't really like bodily fluids with the exception of sweat because you know that means you're working hard (laughs) 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 but um just getting a heads up you know what I mean we don't know what's going to trigger someone we don't know like what type of experiences they might have been through or whatever so just having a conversation beforehand how do you feel about squirting how do you feel about this is what my body does what do we need to do to be able to accommodate it so everybody is enjoying themselves right mm-hmm. right yeah girl this conversation uh, I'm like we 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 doing it we're talking mm-hmm. you know and like I said, like communication is key, especially to our youth. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about like sex education, mm-hmm. it's outdated. And I feel like as I'm not a parent, but I know if I was a parent, I want to be able to have that conversation mm-hmm. with my child because they're going to find out anyway. And from right. sources that do not know my child and how I raised my child to be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I know sometimes it's hard for some parents <clears throat> to get down, excuse me, and have these conversations because they're working long hours. They're providing. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about all these other things. Right. Besides, you know, what's, you know, what am I, what does my child think about themselves sexually? You know, what? can we talk about to have that you know safe space for them to come to me once they do realize what their sexual uh wellness is you know like their curiosities and everything Mm -hmm. so that they're like the parent is mentally prepared Mm -hmm. when they do decide to choose like who they want to, you know, what they want to um, express themselves as, mm-hmm. like your binary, non-binary. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> can you um, talk about what that actually is for some people that don't know? Sure, absolutely. Um, I did want to make a comment about the parent piece because I think it's so important. Um, one, parenting is hard. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I shout out to people who are dedicating their lives to try and raise and, and, and uplift the next generation. We're all doing our part out here. Um, I think that it's important to recognize not everybody got sex education. Like, even parents don't get sex education. You know what I mean? When we were younger, we did not learn this information. Uh, we are now in a, an age where, like, the younger generation is kind of, like, discovering themselves um, sooner than we did. And, like, sometimes people feel threatened by that. But the reality is, is, like, 
you know, this is something that you went through. Why would you want to put your child through the same level of confusion in their identity development? And like sexuality shifts and changes throughout our lifetimes. Like it starts to develop when we're younger, but like our preferences can change as we get older. Menopause is not going to be as relevant to a young person as it is going to be like once you start hitting that age. So I think that it's important for us to recognize like it's an ongoing conversation and like sometimes we have to step out of the way and let the experts do the work you know what i mean like i i don't purport to to tell someone how to do a job that they have studied and and put effort and mastery into for an extended amount of times that's the reason why i think that my role is so crucial because i've been trained to have these conversations and to be supportive and to be value neutral some parents have values that might not agree with their children and like that's just a reality some parents might have values that might not see their lgbtqia plus identified young person as um having a valid identity and then that leads to a lot of damaging repercussions later so um perfect segue into my own personal identity identity i identify as non-binary that means i do not see myself on uh, a binary spectrum i don't identify as a man or a woman um i don't have any resistance to my femininity i don't have any resistance to my feminine energy i just see myself as outside of the boxes that we have kind of forced people into based on their external genitalia that is just one factor of our sex characteristics that that define what someone's body might look like you know what i mean we also have internal organs. We have internal genitalia. There's testicles, there's ovaries, there's a uterus, there's vas deferens. And this can come in a bunch of different types of conglomerations. Um, we also have chromosomes, which can come in male or female designations, as well as hormone levels that, that vary for every person human-wise. So I think it's very important when we're talking about um, intersex communities and intersex populations. And these are people who might have uh, a biological makeup that is different from what we uh, understand as average that you know this is just more diversity in existence and these are people that deserve you know human rights and human dignity and respect just as much as another person well thank you so much for breaking that down mm-hmm. um, because it brings more clarity to myself mm. and I've always heard you know like with me doing you know doing the deeper work the inner work for myself I do uh angel card readings for Mm -hmm. myself and as I read some of the cards they do talk about male and female energies we all Mm -hmm. have that Mm -hmm. and so when you're speaking about like I'm not going to identify myself as what society wants me to identify myself as Mm -hmm. because I share both female and male energies and that's Mm -hmm. so true Mm -hmm. and they do change from time to time you might be a little more uh let's just say softer in your approach to a different person like when we talked about energies mm-hmm. your female energy might come out more with a certain person mm-hmm. or your male energy might come out more with a certain person you mm-hmm. know it's all about the exchange mm-hmm. of energy and it doesn't even like we said it doesn't even have to be with a touch mm-hmm. it could be through a conversation it could be like telekinesis you yes. know what I'm saying like yeah you know 
talk to me without saying words you know what I'm saying and we speak before we like through our eyes do not mm-hmm. before we say anything mm-hmm. and so this has been a wonderful you know conversation and I appreciate you for doing the work that you do and I would love for everybody to keep in touch with you but before we go I have one more question Mm -hmm. what motto do you live by oh okay all right so I've been thinking about this um in terms of like progress because I've had a lot of um moments to reflect on like the concept of time I think that time is like socially constructed and I think that one of the fun facts that has like given me so much reassurance is um if you ever look at the path that the sun takes like if you take a picture of the sun for a full year the path that it takes in the sky is an infinity symbol so like it's really cool like it's a cool fact that I learned that like made me feel like a lot more um comfortable in like the place that I'm in and like not feeling bad about feeling like I'm not good enough so like I want to make my motto and my motto that I have been employing for a while is just like better every day you know what I mean like I am better today than I was yesterday And, like, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. And, like, that's going to be my goal. You know what I mean? Like, we can only hope for progress, not perfection. And, like, done is better than perfect. So I would say as long as I am looking at my progress from the macro level, like, from the view of the sun, you know what I mean? I I can be really Mm -hmm. proud of myself. That's beautiful. Like, I can agree with, with that. It's... It's awesome. Like I came up with a word of the year. So I was in. Okay. I was inspired by a friend. Mm -hmm. Her name is Beatrice. And she came up with a word of the year for herself. Mm. And so that inspired me. I was like, hmm, that's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And my word for 2020 is accountability. I love it. I love that. Do you have a word? I usually, you know, it's so funny because like me and Jen, like... We go way back and like we uh we usually do like models for the year. So like last mm. year my theme was duality and like really just bringing in like both and 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 all of the things, you know what I mean? And this year my motto has been thoughtful ambition. So it's about being very fearless and like but not being reckless. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I don't want things to be I don't want barriers to to barriers that don't exist to stop me from from going after what I want you know what I mean so just being thoughtful about the things that I want to do and then going after them that's my goal this year I like that Mm -hmm. I like that so much now I would love for you to um let everyone know how they can find you if they have questions about Mm -hmm. sexuality sexual health sexual wellness just let the people know what they you know where they can find absolutely absolutely so i do have a personal instagram page my personal page is sloan five six seven eight um i also have a sex ed and um self-esteem page that i started a while ago called i'm fucking happy and it is spelled i-m-f-u-c-k-i-n 
H-A-P-P-Y. So there's no G. The G is silent. You know what I'm saying? We got to move the silence sometimes. Um, I also <laughs> have a personal website that is my full name, www.nefertari, N-E-F-E-R-T-A-R-I, Sloan, S-L-O-A-N.com. And for people that are interested in booking me for engagements, speaking, coming out to, to help you out, I'm currently consulting with Princeton right now, but my contract's going to be ending up. So I'm looking for more work. And if you're interested in hearing from me or talking more about my journey or sexuality in any capacity, I am absolutely here for it. I also have a Twitter. Um, my Twitter is Taradactyl. So P-T-A-R-I underscore D-A-C-T-Y-L. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. This was a wonderful, you know, exchange mm-hmm. of energies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm definitely going to have you back on the show. Hey. And um, we are finishing up season one. So I am so glad that we are ending it on a positive note Amazing. for people to get in touch with themselves and the things around them. I love it. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor to be here. Feel honored to share. And I appreciate you sharing your platform. Because I mean, we got to lift each other up. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, I am your host, Reen Bean, the queen. Bye. If you like what you heard today, definitely DM me at to the root underscore underscore or email me to the root dot you at gmail.com. I would love to have anyone interested in being featured on the show if it's related to the content that I share. And if you have an upcoming business that is related to the content that I share, I would definitely like to support you. Just get in contact with me. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Green Bean the Queen.